Chapter 40 Kind Treatment Towards Parents and the Establishment of the Ties of Kinship Allah the Exalted says in the Quran Worship Allah and join none with Him in worship, and do good to parents, kinsfolk, orphans, the needy, the neighbor who is near of kin, the neighbor who is a stranger, the companion by your side, the wayfarer, and those slaves whom your right hands possess. And Allah also says, And fear Allah through whom you demand your mutual rights, and do not cut the relations of the wombs. And Allah also says, وَالَّذِينَ يَصِلُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَن And those who join that which Allah has commanded to be joined. And Allah also says, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حُسْنًا And we have enjoined on man to be good and dutiful to his parents. And Allah also says, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا and your Lord has decreed that you worship none but Him, and that you be dutiful to your parents. If one of them or both of them attain old age in your life, Say not to them a word of disrespect, nor shout at them, but address them in terms of honor. And lower unto them the wing of submission and humility through mercy and say, My Lord, Bestow on them your mercy as they did bring me up when I was young. And Allah also says, and we have enjoined on man to be dutiful and good to his parents. His mother bore him in weakness and hardship upon weakness and hardship. And his weaning is in two years, 
Give thanks to me and to your parents. 312. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu reported, I asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which of the deeds is loved most by Allah? Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Salah at its proper time. I asked, what next? He sallallahu alayhi wasallam replied, kindness to parents. I asked, what next? He replied, jihad in the way of Allah. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. Performance of Salah at the stated time means its performance in its earliest prescribed time or at least its regularity. One should not give preference to mundane affairs over it. Salah and Jihad are the two most meritorious duties of a Muslim. When nice treatment to parents is mentioned along with Salah and Jihad, it gives further importance to this injunction. 313. Abu Huraira, who reported, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said, No son can repay the kindness shown by his father unless he finds him a slave and buys him and emancipates him. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. This hadith also brings out the eminence of parents and outstanding importance of their rights. 314. Abu Huraira, who reported, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said, He who believes in Allah and the last day, let him be hospitable to his guest. And he who believes in Allah and the last day, let him maintain good ties of blood relationship. And he who believes in Allah and the last day must speak good or remain silent. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. This hadith is mentioned here to highlight the importance of kindness to relatives. It enjoins considerate treatment to relatives and stresses that one should maintain relationships with them at all costs. So much so that even if they misbehave and sever relations with them, one should make efforts to restore not only relationship with them, but also their rights. This is what kindness to relatives really means. Islam has laid great stress on it. Relatives include both paternal and maternal relatives. 315. Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, reported, The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said, Allah created all the creatures, and when he finished the task of his creation, ar-rahim, meaning the ties of relationship, said, O Allah, at this place I seek refuge with you against severing my ties. Allah said, that I treat with kindness those who treat you with kindness and sever ties with those who sever ties with you. It said, I am satisfied. Allah then said, then this is yours. Then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, recite this ayah if you like. <laughs> 
فهل عسيتم إن توليتم أن تفسدوا في الأرض وتقطعوا أرحامكم أولئك الذين لعنهم الله فأصمهم وأعمى أبصارهم Would you then, if you were given the authority, do mischief in the land and sever your ties of kinship? Such are they whom Allah has cursed, so that he has made them deaf and blinded their sight. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. The words in Al-Bukhari are, The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Allah says, He who maintains good ties with you, I maintain good ties with him. And he who severs your ties, I sever ties with him. Commentary. This hadith also stresses the importance of proper treatment with relatives for the reason that this is a special means of attaining the nearness and mercy of Allah, a conduct contrary to it. That is to say, devouring the rights of relatives and continuation of estrangement with them is the cause of displeasure and wrath of Allah. 316. Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu reported, A person came to Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and asked, Who among people is most deserving of my fine treatment? He Sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Your mother. He again asked, Who next? Your mother, the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam replied again. He asked, Who next? He Sallallahu alayhi wasallam said again, Your mother. He again asked, Then who? Thereupon he Sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Then your father, collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. In another narration, O Allah's Messenger, who is most deserving of my fine treatment? He, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said, Your mother, then your mother, then your mother, then your father, then your nearest, then nearest. Commentary. This hadith tells us that the rights of the mother are three times more important than that of the father for the reasons that, number one, she is weaker than the father, and number two, the following three troubles are borne exclusively by the mother while the father does not share them with her. Number one, she carries the baby in her womb for nine months. Number two, the labor pain which she suffers. And three, the two years period of suckling which disturbs her sleep at night and affects her health. She also has to be very cautious in her food for the welfare of the baby. 317. Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, reported, The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, May he be disgraced, may he be disgraced, may he be disgraced, whose parents, one or both, attain old age during his lifetime, and he does not enter Jannah. 
collected by Muslim. Commentary. The word ragham means soil. When a person's nose is soiled, it is a mark of his extreme humiliation. This metaphor carries a curse for an unfortunate person who does not win the pleasure of Allah by serving and obeying his parents. In fact, it is a malediction as well as a prediction of someone's inauspicious end. Service of parents is essential at every stage of their life, whether they are young or old. But this hadith mentions their old age for the reason that in that period of their life, they stand in greater need of care and service. It is a very callous offense to leave them at the mercy of circumstances when they are old, senile, and depend on others for their needs. To neglect them at that stage is a major sin for which one deserves hellfire. 318. Abu Huraira reported, A man said to Allah's Messenger وسلم, I have relatives with whom I try to keep the ties of relationship, but they sever relations with me, and whom I treat kindly, but they treat me badly. I am gentle with them, but they are rough with me. He Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied, If you are as you say, it is as if you are feeding them hot ashes, and you will be with a supporter against them from Allah as long as you continue to do so. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. This hadith has three important lessons. First, the misbehavior of one's relative is no justification for the misbehavior of another, let alone the severing of relations on that account. Second, the person who treats his relatives nicely in all events and circumstances is blessed by Allah who will send from heaven helpers to support him. Third, the consequence of denying compassion and kindness to relatives is as woeful as the eating of hot ashes. 319 Anas who reported Allah's Messenger said He who desires ample provisions and his life be prolonged should maintain good ties with his blood relations. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim Commentary one who is benevolent and compassionate towards one's own relatives stands to gain at least two definite advantages in this world besides the reward in the next. These two advantages are the increase in his subsistence and longevity of life. Increase in subsistence means that Almighty Allah will increase the quantity of his worldly goods or his means of subsistence will be blessed by him. Similar is the case of longevity of life. The life of such person is either actually increased in terms of years or his life is graced with the blessings of Allah. 320. Anas radiyallahu anhu reported, Abu Talha radiyallahu anhu was the richest among the Ansar of al Medina and possessed the largest property. 
And among his possessions, what he loved most was his garden known as Bayruhah, which was opposite to the masjid. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam often visited it and drank from its fresh water. When this ayat was revealed, by no means shall you attain al-bir, meaning piety, unless you spend in Allah's cause of that which you love. Abu Talha came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, Allah says in his book, by no means shall you attain al-bir unless you spend in Allah's cause of that which you love. And the dearest of my property is Bayruhah. So I have given it as sadaqah for Allah's sake, and I anticipate its reward with him. So spend it, O Messenger of Allah, as Allah guides you. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Well done. That is profitable property. I have heard what you have said, but I think you should spend it on your nearest relatives. So, Abu Talha distributed it among his nearest relatives and cousins. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. This hadith has already been mentioned in the chapter which deals with the merits of spending of what one loves best in the way of Allah. It has been repeated here in support of benevolence to the relatives. Its repetition makes it clear that while spending in the way of Allah, one should always first of all consider his relatives and help those of them who deserve assistance. After fulfilling their needs, if anything remains, then it can be given to others. 321. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu anhumah, reported, A man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, I swear allegiance to you for emigration and jihad, seeking reward from Allah. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Are any of your parents alive? He said, Yes, both of them are alive. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam then asked, Do you want to seek reward from Allah? He replied in the affirmative. Thereupon, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Go back to your parents and keep good company with them. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. In another narration, it is reported that a person came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and sought his permission to participate in jihad. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked, Are your parents alive? He replied in the affirmative. The Prophet ﷺ said, You should consider their service as jihad. Commentary 
Under normal circumstances, jihad is fard kifaya, meaning a collective duty, which means that if some people observe it, the rest of the Muslims will be exempted from its obligation. In such circumstances, permission of parents to participate in jihad is necessary because their service is fardul ayn, meaning an individual duty, an injunction or ordinance, the obligation of which extends to every Muslim in person, and the former cannot be preferred to the latter. This hadith explains such a situation. In certain circumstances, however, jihad becomes fardul ayn, and in that case, permission of the parents to take part in jihad is not essential because then every Muslim is duty-bound to take part in it. 322 Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhuma reported, The Prophet said, The person who perfectly maintains the ties of kinship is not the one who does it because he gets recompensed by his relatives. But the one who truly maintains the bonds of kinship is the one who persists in doing so, even though the latter has severed the ties of kinship with him. Collected by Al-Bukhari Commentary This hadith makes clear the essentials of kindness to relatives. Those kinsmen who respect and honor you would obviously be treated by you fairly. It goes without saying that people usually reciprocate sentiments showed to them. But this is not maintaining the ties of kinship, but kindness for kindness. On the opposite side, there is a kinsman who is rough and rude and is always bent upon severing relations with you, but you tolerate his excesses with patience and perseverance, return his harshness with politeness, maintain relationships with him in spite of all his efforts to break it, then what you are exercising is maintaining the ties of kinship. This is what Islam actually demands from a Muslim. But this is the excellence of faith which one must try to attain. There is nothing remarkable in exchanging dry smiles. 323 Aisha anha reported, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the bond of relationship is suspending from the throne and says, He who keeps good relations with me, Allah will keep connection with him. But whosoever severs relations with me, Allah will sever connection with him. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. The discourse on compassion to relatives mentioned in this hadith is not impossible because Almighty Allah is omnipotent and is thus capable of doing what He likes. He can create perception, consciousness, and power of speech in everything. An instant of it has already been mentioned in a hadith quoted earlier. 324 It has been narrated that Maymuna bint al-Harith radiyallahu anha had set free a slave girl without the Prophet Wasallam's permission. When her turn came, meaning the Prophet Wasallam used to visit his wives in turns, she made mention of that to him, saying, Did you know I have set the slave girl free? He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Have you indeed? 
She replied, yes. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam then remarked, had you given her to your maternal uncles, you would have your reward increased. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. This hadith brings out the following two points. One, a woman is free to spend anything of her own property without the permission of her husband, but not of things owned by her husband. Two, to spend on the needy relatives is more meritorious than to set a slave free, because to set a slave free is sadaqah or charity only, while paying sadaqah to a kinsman has a double merit, as it carries the reward of sadaqah as well as maintaining the ties of kinship. 325. Asma said, My mother came to me while she was still a polytheist. So I asked Allah's Messenger, My mother, who is ill disposed to Islam, has come to visit me. Shall I maintain relations with her? He replied, Yes. Maintain relations with your mother. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. The woman mentioned in this hadith had come from Mecca to Al-Madinah. What this hadith signifies is that it is essential to be kind to parents even if they are mushrikeen, meaning polytheists, and kuffar, meaning disbelievers. This has also been clearly ordained in the Qur'an. But behave with them in the world kindly. 326. Zainab al-Thaqafiyya, radiyallahu anhu, the wife of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu anhuma, reported, when Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told the women that they should give sadaqah, even if it should be some of their jewelry. I returned to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and said, You are a man who does not possess much. And Allah's Messenger وسلم, has commanded us to give sadaqah. So go and ask him if giving to you will serve the purpose. Otherwise, I shall give it to someone else. He asked me that I should better go myself. I went and found a woman of the Ansar at the door of Allah's Messenger وسلم, waiting to ask a similar question as mine. The Prophet وسلم, was endowed with dignity, and so we could not go in. When Bilal anhu, came out to us, we said to him, Go to Allah's Messenger وسلم, and tell him that there are two women at the door who have come to ask him whether it will serve them to give sadaqah to their husbands and to orphans who are in their charge. But do not tell him who we are. Bilal radiyallahu anhu went in and asked him. And Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked him who the women were. When he told him that they were a woman of the Ansar and Zainab, he asked him which Zainab it was. 
And when he was told it was the wife of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, they will have a double reward, one for maintaining the ties of kinship and another for sadaqah, collected by al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. We learn from this hadith that a woman can also give sadaqah and zakah to her husband, provided he is poor, but its opposite is not permissible. That is to say, a husband cannot pay zakah to his wife because he is responsible for her maintenance, while the wife is not obliged to do it for her husband. So the principle deduced from it is that one who is bound to pay zakah under the sharia is not permitted to pay it to his dependents. Number two, in the case of a need, a woman can go out of her house subject to the condition that she observes the restriction of the veil prescribed by the sharia in this behalf. And number three, like men, women should also take keen interest in religious matters. They should not feel shy of doing it. 327. Abu Sufyan, Sakhr ibn Harb, mentioned Heraclius in a long hadith and said, Heraclius asked me, What does this Prophet وسلم, teach you? I said, he orders us to worship Allah alone and not to associate a thing with him in worship, to discard what our ancestors said, to perform the salah, speak the truth, and maintain the ties of kinship. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. Besides Tawheed, meaning the oneness of Allah, this hadith enjoins punctuality in salah and excellence of character. In all the forms of worship, Salah is the most important, and the best in the nobility of character is righteousness. After professing faith in Tawheed and belief that Muhammad وسلم, is the last Prophet of Allah, a Muslim should be punctual in Salah and make himself a model of excellent character. 328 Abu Dhar who reported, Allah's Messenger said, You will soon conquer a land where people deal with qirat. And according to another version, the Messenger of Allah said, You will soon conquer Egypt where al-qirat is frequently mentioned. So when you conquer it, treat its inhabitants well, for there lies upon you the responsibility because of blood ties or relationship with them. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. In this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ has urged his companions to treat the Egyptians nicely for the reason of maintaining the ties of kinship and for the fact that Egypt was the country of his in-laws. Maria, the mother of Ibrahim and one of the Prophet's wives, was from that place. This is why this hadith has been included in the present chapter which deals with the subject of maintaining the ties of kinship. This hadith is also a prophecy of the Prophet ﷺ due to the fact that the prophecy he had made came true. A short time after his death, Egypt became part of the Muslim Empire. 329 Abu Huraira, who reported, 
When this verse was revealed, and warn your tribe of near kindred. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam called the Quraysh. When they gathered, he said to them, O sons of Abdu Shams, O sons of Ka'ab ibn Lu'ay, rescue yourselves from the fire. O sons of Murah ibn Ka'ab, rescue yourselves from the fire. O sons of Abdu Manaf, rescue yourselves from the fire. O sons of Abdul Muttalib, rescue yourselves from the fire. O Fatima, rescue yourself from the fire. For I have no power to protect you from Allah in anything except that I would sustain relationship with you. Collected by Muslim. Commentary. One, this hadith tells us that lineage in the hereafter will not help anybody. So much so that even one's relationship with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam shall not carry any weight on that day. The only thing that will help in salvation will be one's good deeds. People for whom the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and pious men will intercede will be believers with some sins in their account and not the disbelievers devoid of faith and good actions. Neither will anybody intercede for the infidels nor will the infidels find salvation. Two, in preaching religion, priority must be given to one's own close relatives. They deserve it more than anyone else. And for this reason, divine injunctions should be first of all conveyed to them. Three, even if a Muslim's relatives are pagans and polytheists, their rights of kinsmen and the demands of maintaining the ties of kinship enjoined by Islam must be fulfilled. The first and foremost demand of their rights is that they should be invited to the right path so that they will be saved from hellfire. 330. Abu Abdullah, Amr ibn al-As, said, I heard Allah's Messenger وسلم, saying openly, not secretly, the family of so-and-so, meaning Abu Talib, are not my supporters. My supporter is Allah and the righteous believing people. But they, meaning that family, have kinship with whom I will maintain good ties of kinship. Collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had made it absolutely clear that although such persons were his near relatives, he did not have any affection and friendship with them because there cannot be any affection between a pagan and a Muslim. Friendship and affection can only be for Allah and those who have faith in him. One can accommodate the non-Muslim relatives to the extent permitted by maintaining the ties of kinship, provided they are not at war with the Muslims. 331. Abu Ayyub. Khalid ibn Zayd al-Ansari radiyallahu anhu reported, A man came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, Direct me to a deed which will admit me to Jannah and take me away from the fire. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Worship Allah and associate no partner with him. Perform as salah pay as zakat 
and maintain the ties of kinship collected by al-Bukhari and Muslim. Commentary. This hadith indicates the actions which constitute the means to attain Jannah and salvation from hell. Thus, it makes evident that Jannah cannot be achieved by wishful thinking. One cannot get into it without faith and good deeds. In the absence of these two factors, intercession of any person will be of no avail. 332. Salman ibn Amr radiyallahu anhu reported, The Prophet sallallahu said, When you break your fast, you should do it with a date fruit, for there is blessing in it. And if you do not find a date fruit, break it with water, for it is pure. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam added, Charity towards a poor person is charity. And towards a relation is both charity and maintaining the ties of kinship collected by Etirimidhi. Commentary. We learn two points from this hadith. Firstly, it is more rewarding to break the fast with date fruit or water. Secondly, payment of sadaqah to one's poor relatives carries a double reward. 333. Ibn Omar reported, I had a wife whom I loved, but Omar disliked her. He asked me to divorce her, and when I refused, Omar went to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and mentioned the matter to him. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ordered me to divorce her, collected by Itirmidhi and Abu Dawood. Commentary. If parents order to divorce one's wife is based on the principles of sharia and morality, it must be obeyed, as is evident from this hadith. If their order is founded on other factors, then one should try to convince them politely so that they agree with one's view on the issue. Here Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu loved his wife for love's sake, but the father Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu disliked her basing his decision on religious grounds. This is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ordered Ibn Umar to obey his father. 334 Abu Dardah reported, A man came to me and said, I have a wife whom my mother commands me to divorce. I replied to him that I had heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, saying, A parent is the best of the gates of Jannah. So if you wish, keep to the gate or lose it. Collected by Itirmidhi, and Ibn Majah. Commentary. The word walid applies to mother as well as father, as the word walidain is a dual form and covers mother and father both. Similarly, the noun father also applies to both. This hadith also stresses that obedience of parents and submission to their order must have preference over the love for the wife as long as this order of theirs is fair and just. 335. Al-Bara ibn Azib radiyallahu anhuma reported, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying, A mother's sister is equivalent 
to a real mother in status, collected by Etinimidi. Commentary. This hadith tells us that one should be as respectful to one's aunt or mother's real sister as one is to his mother, as it is a virtue as well as a form of maintaining the ties of kinship.